Hello and welcome to Is Mayonnaise a Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Omar Lopez, and I'm joined with someone you should never sneak attack in his own dojo, Josh Hemo. And uh, thank you all again for listening. And Josh, I I missed you. It's been a whole week. I know. It's been forever. I've been traveling this week, so. I know. He's in the mystical land of the West Coast. Mm -hmm. I don't want to disclose his location. (gasps) No. Now everyone's going to know where you're at. Somewhere in Washington. A magical place in Washington. (laughs) Where uh, no one will know where you're at. No. For your safety. Yeah, for those stalkers out there trying to get me. Uh, before we get into the episode, I just want to be sure to remind you all to share these wonderful episodes with your friends. Um, we're nearing the end of the season, which is really exciting. I didn't think we'd make it this far, Josh. No. I don't know. So this is we are really dedicated. We are dedicated. I'm I'm proud of us. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we're just gonna hop straight into the episode this week. We check out season one, episode fourteen. SB-129 and Karate Choppers. SB-129. So the French narrator brings us in as Squidward is about to play his clarinet. And of course, Spongebob's alarm, loud as always, goes off and ends up shooting the clarinet right down Squidward's throat. And during Squidward's struggle with this clarinet, Spongebob shows up at the front door with Patrick. And Squidward's like, I wonder who that could be. So they're downstairs and they're constantly annoying Squidward and they keep asking him, are you ready to go jellyfishing? And Squidward's like, no. And they keep asking and asking and asking. And finally Squidward's just like, SpongeBob, you should be at work. And SpongeBob's, you know, like, it's Sunday. You know, there isn't work. I wish I was at work. And hearing that it's Sunday and that no one's at the Krusty Krab, Squidward decides to sneak out and see if he can find a little bit of solitude at the Krusty Krab. Squidward makes it to the Krusty Krab. He's about to practice his clarinet. And SpongeBob and Patrick, suddenly go looking for Squidward. And so Squidward panics and he decides to hide in the walk-in freezer. Patrick and SpongeBob are like, oh, I guess he's already at the fields. And Squidward tries to get out of the walk-in freezer and turns out he is stuck in there. He thinks, oh yeah, someone will come for me. And one title card later, turns out he was frozen for 2,000 years. And in the future, a SpongeBob finds Squidward. And it turns out that SpongeBob is actually SpongeTron. And so he frees Squidward from this block of ice and welcomes Squidward to the future. Squidward has a very hard time processing everything and SpongeBob also introduces his fellow clones and says there's one for every letter of the alphabet, all 486 of them. And of course, Squidward has a mental break. So (laughs) Squidward asks the futuristic SpongeTron for help and of course, SpongeTron's like, jellyfishing! This wonderful cheer for jellyfishing makes a two-headed Patron teleport right into the crusty crab and squidward you know again just super overwhelmed he's like you know what i just need to go back to my own time and spongebob's like well why don't you just ask we have a time machine so squidward runs into the time machine and tries to avoid spongebob so he decides to go to the past and ends up in a primitive era back in prehistoric bikini bottom times and he runs into none other than primitive sponge and primitive star which is patrick These two primitive beings start freaking out over this jellyfish and Squidward's like, you know what? I'm just going to leave. I'm not dealing with this. And right when he's about to practice his clarinet, he hears these cries of pain coming from these primitive beings. And he realizes that it's the primitive SpongeBob and primitive Patrick passing a jellyfish back and forth, hot potato style, being shocked and in tons of pain. And Squidward's like, you guys are idiots. What are you doing? You're supposed to catch these things. And he says, give me your loincloth. So he grabs a loincloth. And basically makes jellyfishing nets. 
and teaches them how to jellyfish. So they run off having tons of fun, and Squidward's like, I'm going to play my clarinet. He starts to play it, and sure enough, it drives everyone in that time period crazy and into a frenzy, and they go to attack Squidward. Squidward again panics, runs straight into the time machine, and freaks out and ends up breaking it. And suddenly he gets transported to this nowhere dimension, which is basically an endless white void where he hears voices, runs in circles, and he's just stuck there. And he realizes that he's all alone, and then he panics, and he ends up freaking out so badly that he crashes through the roof of the time machine. And he's back in the broken time machine, he freaks out even more, and he breaks down, he's like, you know what, I just want to go back, I want to go back, and then he even says he misses Spongebob, and then, boom, whisked away back to the present. And Squidward, who is glad to be back, sees that Spongebob and Patrick are there, still waiting for him, as if he never left, and they ask him if he wants to go jellyfishing. And Squidward, obviously just tired of all this jellyfishing talk, gets mad and says, who's the barnacle head that invented that game anyway? And Spongebob and Patrick reply, you are, Squidward. That's the end of the episode. Lots to unpack in this episode, too. A lot. There is a lot in this episode. It's it's too much. Uh, let me just start with some some fun facts. Fun facts. So we can get Omar's fun fact corner. Oh, yeah. Omar's fun fact corner. Is that, that's what we're going to call it <laughs> that's now. A, that's maybe. it. Now it's canon. <laughs> uh, hopefully. So this is the only time the title card letters are floating which is very interesting. If you're a sci-fi nerd, the ending, which arises from Squidward time traveling and inventing the game of jellyfishing while seeking to avoid SpongeBob and Patrick um, is a is an example of a time paradox called a causality loop. Hopefully Ooh. I said that right. A co- yeah, sounds fancy. Basically, that's what happens when uh, you're inspired or driven to travel through time and whether you try it like intentionally or not, you end up causing the event which causes you to go back in time. So in Squidward's case, he left because he didn't want to go jellyfishing, but then he went back in time, created jellyfishing, thus creating the exact reason why he went back in time in the first place. Blows my mind. I don't know about you, Josh. My mind. My head explode. More importantly, this is the first time Squidward <laughs> swallows his clarinet. <laughs> It does happen. Can you even finish that? (laughs) Also, uh, Josh and I noticed that when there's a themed episode, this episode came around the same time of New Year's Eve, which is the same with other like Nicktoons that were doing futuristic themes because it's going to be, you know, Y2K, 2000s, you know, fun stuff. Um, We find that they're a little light on the lessons because they're more focused on like, the world events. Yeah. The story, the theme of the story or whatever. Yeah. Well, those were the fun facts that I liked. I didn't, there's a lot more, but I didn't, I didn't want to go deep into it. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, Squidward chokes on his clarinet for the first time. <laughs> Took it like a champ. Yeah. His, history Whole in the thing. making. <laughs> uh, just another example of, I think this episode of just being straightforward to people is yeah. maybe the best bet. If you just told, you know, SpongeBob, no, thank you. I do not want to go out and hang out with you. For like the hundred billionth time I've had to tell you, I don't want to go jellyfishing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like... Eventually, one of the times has to work, right? Uh, yeah, I guess. I you hope. gotta chip away at someone's psyche yeah. until they eventually snap. <laughs> That's how uh, that works. Patrick, 
Patrick again just showing that he is smarter than he thinks that than we think he is because he's like maybe he doesn't want to play with us again Spongebob ever naive is like nah he's just not ready yeah I mean honestly considering what Squidward told him well didn't tell him because he was choking on that clarinet yeah but still like <laughs> I think Squidward would be a lot better if he was just like I do not want to go just I honest to practice my clarinet yeah that's but- Again, a little life lesson. I think we've discussed it before, but yeah, if you don't want to hang out with someone, even if it's just friends, like it's okay to say no. Yeah, it's okay well, to say no. I don't want to yeah. do that. Especially if you're having like own personal time, like focus on something. Like Squidward's practicing clarinet. Like a lot of times you just want to stay home, play video games, read a book or something. That's okay. Mm-hmm. And always hang out another day. Squidward does something that I think is very interesting for us to to talk about, which is the fact that he goes into the Krusty Krab all by himself and puts himself kind of like in a dangerous situation. And I know I've been told that like, especially in theater, I think specifically or any other time where you're rigging lights, you should never do that by yourself because if you are somehow rigging light and fall to You fall, yeah. No, I mean, that's like the any in work situation. I don't know. I guess there's times when janitors are in schools and stuff alone or buildings, but most it's like, better to have someone there to make sure that you're safe because anything can happen you could slip you could fall and like you said like even working with lights so you fall off a ladder and something falls on your head no one's going to be there to find you <laughs> that's so reassuring yeah um and this can also be remedied for the fact if you say hey i'm gonna be here at x place at x time if i don't get back to you by blank time because squidward did not let anyone know where he was going to be no he just spur of the moment decision to get rid of spongebob yeah, he could have just called Sandy and been like, hey, I'm going to be here at the Krusty Krab <laughs> practicing just in case I get stuck into a freezer and I don't get Please uh, come frozen in Sino Man style. That's kind of crazy, too. Like, did no one go into that freezer for 2,000 years? Like, do they never have to go in the freezer? I guess that's good, though. I guess the Krabby Patties are made fresh and never frozen. So <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know Krabby Patties were related to Wendy's. <laughs> Wendy's Same sponsors. business model. <laughs> see, do you see how effortly we we wove in a sponsor into our podcast? I feel like every other we uh, deserve sponsor some free could catch up. And well, I'm Lexus Intolerant, Josh, so I wouldn't appreciate you that. You always say day. that, but like you ain't going to turn down a free Frosty. That's true, I wouldn't. <laughs> SpongeBob, again, how he just fits in perfectly with the idea that there is multiple SpongeBobs throughout time. Yeah. Well, Granted, this one is a robot. But that's just evolving with the future, right? Mm-hmm. We also see him make clones, like we talked about with the chaperone episode. He making clones of himself, so maybe this is just the start of that. Yeah, I'm. I really wish there was more time we spent, like in. Oh in yeah, very important. March six, forty seventeen. So everyone in the Mark future, calendars. who's listening to this, um, archival audio file, because by then this podcast will have blown up so big that people will be like, wow this is this is relevant to <laughs> 4017 just like how we like looked at back to the future and we were like okay yeah this is the day that marty mcfly goes to the past stuff like that or he comes to the future i feel like this this one podcast and this one spongebob this episode, one moment they'll be like this is when squidward travels to the future <laughs> i really hope everything's chrome plated like it is really? in spongebob chrome's pretty cool it's not the worst I would have hoped that we have surpassed Chrome by then. Found some other element that we can just gild everything in. <laughs> yeah. 
Although at the time, and I'll try to, I'm trying to remember myself in 1999 on the verge of Y2K, that was a very re- realistic thing that I think everything was going to be Chrome. Because there was a while, I feel like there's a lot of Chrome accessories coming out. Yeah. But I feel like now we've gone backwards. We now want it's just everything rose to gold. Look... Everything will be in the future will be rose gold. You know, that makes a lot more sense. I was thinking that since we're being a little bit more nostalgic now, I think everything's just going to stay going vintage until nah. it recycles. Nah, rose gold. It's all about that rose gold. Josh is calling to hear rose gold for the future. <laughs> so yeah, just let people know where you're at before you go into dangerous situations and end up frozen in time. Yeah, important. I also like how SpongeBob used the hammer, a yeah. laser hammer. A laser hammer. That would not work for nails, but I guess they don't need nails in the future. Maybe it's all welding. Yeah. Laser welding. <laughs> also, a very obvious fun fact that I did not want to do in Fun Fact Corner was uh, 2,000 years later was the first time we've heard that. First time card. So yeah, the first time ever that um, 2,000 years later where the title card is being read and it's classic Spongebob 2,000 years later. Yeah. Which isn't that good. That sounded a little Russian. Was, yeah, good. not the best you've ever done. <laughs> not not um, the best. But yeah, it was just like last week we mentioned that it wasn't narrated and this week it is. So picked up their picked up their slack Yeah, very quickly. They started the trope right then and there. Yeah. Who witnessed it? Um. I like the uh, narrator's dig uh, on Squidward in the very beginning of the episode. He's like, now we see Squidward playing his clarinet. Clear your earplugs ready. I was like, that's yeah. pretty good. Everyone just sounds Squidward. Poor guy. Yeah, I mean, I guess he needs more practice. That's why he yes. practices. I feel like people underestimate how much practice it takes to actually get good at something. Yeah, it takes a while. Even all-knowing narrators from yeah. France. But he does get shit on multiple times in this episode. Because when he uh, breaks the lever to go back into the present, the elevator calls him a loser, which is a consistent thing. Like, SpongeBob wrote loser when they were doing that big chase on the uh, ship bottle. Oh, yeah. And then people write loser on the trash cans and stuff. I'm starting to think maybe, maybe SpongeBob's not the lead character. Maybe this is just all about tormenting Squidward this entire series. Maybe it's just a disguise. This is just a Squidward story about how he's just been bullied all his whole life. We'll have to see by the end of this season and maybe other seasons what we think. Yeah. Uh, one small thing that everyone can enjoy when they get home if they have an iPhone, if you use the classical alarm sounds for your uh, alarm on your phone for iPhone, it's the same sound that the time machine makes when it time travels. Ooh. So do I have a time machine in my pocket? Maybe. Is that a time machine in your pocket? Or you're just happy to see me. Uh, both. I'm always, it's always both, Josh. <laughs> um we also also, get two memes in this episode oh yes two memes which ones we got educate us the future Squidward rolling on the floor going future future (laughs) and we get the primitive sponge meme shook sponge i know i love primitive (laughs) sponge the primitive sponge meme is my favorite because he's just like that face as soon as he makes that face i was just dying i was laughing so hard (laughs) maybe instead of rose gold covered everything the future is really just memes everything's just covered in memes everything's covered in spongebob memes yeah oh then that would be wonderful for me hopefully yeah. some of my memes make it one day make it big <laughs> <laughs> um i also really love primitive sponge laugh like his little laugh when he like gives them like the the jellyfishing net 
Mm-hmm. I love it how he's just like running off and he's just having a grand old time. So it, it, there's not like much difference between Primitive Sponge and Present Sponge. Ah. Also, Primitive Sponge is a great example of what your lizard brain does <laughs> when it freaks out because that jellyfish came out and they were just like freaking nope. the fuck out. Yeah, they were freaking yeah. the fuck out. And it was it was crazy. And, and those in infinite loincloths. Do they just have infinite loincloths on? Layers and layers and layers. Maybe they're just used to like them being ripped off. Oh. They have multiple. Ooh. The mm. past sounds like a weird kinky place. I mean, we know that SpongeBob has a history of slightly kinky, suggestive uh themes. That's true. Yeah. So I would not be surprised. Uh, okay. We should discuss the nowhere dimension and how freaking oh, yes. weird it was. This endless void, yeah. the most surreal situation you've ever experienced. It sort of like kind of reminded me of, yeah, you've seen Inside Out, right? Yes. Yeah, when they go into um, abstract thought, Yeah. it reminded me of that. <laughs> I would not put it above the people who did Inside Out to to like, might have they might have stolen a little bit from this. Ooh, calling because... out Pixar. I would call out Pixar. I'm going to do some research and see if they're the same writers. <laughs> a couple of writers on Inside Out, they're like, we have this great idea. Listen, Endless we've void. we've done it before. <laughs> we've done it before. It was a lot scarier, but we can make it a lot f- more fun in this, in this children's thing. add a pink thing. dolphin elephant thing and you'll be fine. Yeah. Bing bong, man. Shout out Bing to Bing bong. bong. I'll never forget. I was surprised how quickly Squidward snapped without SpongeBob there. Yeah. Was it just the voices? I think it was the voices and just like the feeling of loneliness. I mean, he said he was ready to be alone, right? And then all of a sudden it just started repeating alone, alone, alone. Like that would get to me. Just like that feeling of like knowing that no one's around. And his clarinet disappeared too. So he really had nothing. That's true. What did he do with it? Maybe he swallowed it finally. <laughs> he swallowed the whole thing. No, it's, again, it's just, uh, I think this one, this first half is a perfect example of be careful what you wish for. Yeah. And that, that was the lesson I got this week was like, or for this episode was um, the grass is not always greener on the, on, on the other side. Oh, I like, like that. He was like, oh, maybe it'd be better. Like once I'm in the future, it'll be fine. It wasn't fine. Once he's in the past, it'll be better. I'll be away from SpongeBob wasn't fine and what he wanted was just to be in the present and just deal with his like deal with his life that he had so keep in mind like not always like your ideal like the ideal situation your dream situation might not always be better again the grass is not always greener on the other side gotta appreciate what you have social interaction is super necessary yes even even people who are introverted need a little bit of a some hangout time with buddies social time you need to leave your, your hermit house every now and then, Josh. I can't. I'm scared of it. Mm. I'm scared to well, go outside. Well, we're going to have to change that. <laughs> we're going pu- to push you out. Push you out the nest. I'll just fall to the ground and die like all those baby birds. No. no. They fly, Josh. <laughs> they fly. All right. Let's be realistic. <laughs> no, they fly. How come? Come to New York. You'll see how many pigeons there are. You tell me. Those baby birds don't. That's fair. You just compared me to a pigeon. That's fine. It's all right. It's because the sky. If you rat. look at it, if you look at every pigeon, they're slightly unique. Uniquely stupid. Ooh, pigeon calling calling out <laughs> pigeons. This is how I die. The pigeons are gonna find out. They're gonna hear this podcast and come after me. You're punching down, Josh. Pigeons are already at the bottom of the totem pole. 
How did SpongeBob and Patrick know that Squidward invented jellyfishing? Like when he goes back to the president, he's like, oh, who invented this stupid sport? And they're like, you did. How did how did they know that? Because they're, they're beings that live throughout time. There you go. Proof. Proof. Like that or setup. they're just really good spun, uh, jellyfish nerds. Who knows? I like the idea that they are beings that just, like omniscient beings that just go through time and they knew. Yeah. yeah. I like that. I like it because then they're just constantly evolving. And yeah. that's future SpongeBob will just sponge Tron and all his clones and all the other stuff that will follow after that will just be over and over and over and over again until the end of time. It's kind of comforting, I guess. Off to the bubble break. Omar, are you ready for this week's bubble break? I'm always ready for the bubble break. We're going to talk about the future. Future. In general, we're just going to talk about what you would do if you had a time machine. If you were in Squidward and got into a, <laughs> a time machine and you can go into the past or the future, what would you do? Mm, can I ask you a question? Yeah. No, that that would be my time travel thing. Would be just going back in time and asking you a question. No. Um, worse. <laughs> is this time travel consequence free? Like, can um, I go as an observer or do like? I mean, is there like I, some butterfly effect going on? Yeah, like if I go back in time and I shoot Hitler, will I change the fabric? Let's of say reality? it's like let's let's say it's like a Christmas Carol esque. Like you're just observing, floating. Well, let's see. If I did that, can I go two trips or just one trip? I only get one trip. Let's say you get two. Okay, I would do one in the future and one in the past, or whatever you want. Okay, since I can't affect the past or the future, I would go right back to the past to when everyone thinks that uh, Jesus was born and all of them. Oh, okay. Every like major religion that time period, because I want to see what actually went down. Because I'm a firm believer that. Uh, there is some truth to most religions, uh, regardless if they don't seem like they all correlate with each other. And I want to see how much of that truth was just like, you know, maybe I'll become a more religious person because then I'll see Jesus with my own two eyes and I'll be like, holy crap, it's Jesus. Nice. Okay. You know? And then I just fly, like, flash forward to the future somewhere, like, random. Like, maybe not my immediate future, I guess it's kind of weird because, like, I don't know if I would want to know what my future would be. Yeah. Because then there's that whole thing, like, is your future predetermined? Is the path that you're on predetermined? But I guess, like, whatever I find out in the past about, you know, the birth of religion. Would affect. Uh, yeah, how yeah. maybe that might affect how I pick the second the second date. Maybe I'll just go right back to the <laughs> to the present <laughs> and be like, got to rethink all my choices. <laughs> become a philosopher like let me tell you the actual truth yeah and then your own religion crazy the ohms religion the ohms religion (laughs) yikes i don't think i would could be a religious messiah no thank you (laughs) so what about you josh where would you go Hmm, that's a good question i feel like it'd be kind of cool to see some of the renaissance just because like all the like booming art stuff that was happening then Mm -hmm. um especially like all of europe would have been cool to see during that time um I'd Was also... Renaissance, uh, help me brush up on my history. Is Renaissance post plague or pre pre plague? I guess I'll real dumb because I don't actually know that either. Hold I on. I think it's. We got the power of the internet. I think it's pre plague. During the late Middle Ages or early Renaissance, the bubonic plague. Oh, it's bu- it was after early Renaissance. Got it. So it's good to know. So after the. Yeah. So it's after the plague. So you don't get to 
see the worst part of the plague. I wouldn't, wouldn't like, want to see cool that. Part. I wouldn't want to see that. <laughs> I know. That's why I was afraid. What happens okay. if you, in the middle of the Renaissance, you were just also watching people die? <laughs> yeah, I think that'd be kind of cool to see that. It'd also be kind of cool to go back and um, actually see dinosaurs and see what they actually look like and see what kind of the Earth looked like during Ooh, that that's time. smart. Yeah. I like that. In the future, I think I would go... I'd like to go to a future, um, like, far enough in the future where I know there's space travel and see how far we've developed and, like, how far we've explored. What if we, what if you hop into that time machine and you're, like, plus 10,000 years or something? And everything's gone. But there, yeah, everything's gone <laughs> or, like, it's everything's still on Earth. There's no space travel. We never I'd, got I'd be really disappointed. I think I'd be really disappointed. But I don't think that's super detrimental to me, like, developing right now, you know? It's not, like, the worst knowing that we never went to space because we're not going to space right now. So, well, we'll see. Hmm. We have Space Force, so. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. Okay. Other question. Do you yeah. think that people, if they've invented time travel in the future, do you think they've visited us and done stuff? I've either changed that. or like do you that. think they're walking among us? I don't know. I would like to think that they wouldn't. I would like to think that you wouldn't want to change history too much knowing that it would lead to a point where you were able to develop time travel or you were able to be alive basically because you never know. Like the whole idea of like butterfly effect is that anything could happen. One small change can like destroyed the entire world later on right so it's true because if someone went back in the past and they just even like bumped into one person that would change their trajectory by like a millisecond and that millisecond would radiate throughout history yeah yeah that's why so i don't go time travel i don't think when people are like oh what superpower do you want i don't want time travel that's just way too much responsibility no Mm -mm. and unless you have some like omniscience like somehow and you know, like every possible outcome of everything. I don't think that's, I don't think it's a good idea. No, I would like to think that we we're put on a course. It's like a learning lesson. We we're put on a course to understand, like to develop greater, better things eventually. Hopefully, that's what happens. Maybe that's too optimistic. I think if, as SpongeBob has taught us anything, it's being optimistic's a good thing. Yeah. Act two: Karate Choppers. So we see our favorite sponge. And our favorite squirrel practicing karate on each other. And they got some pretty good moves. Pretty crazy. At one point, uh, SpongeBob even turns Sandy into a bowling ball and pulls her right through his front door. And this continues for a while. We in, in different settings, not only in SpongeBob's house, but also in a shopping center and outside. To what point that Sandy threatens to pour volcano sauce onto SpongeBob's tongue. And, it's, and during the scene... The Volcano Sauce actually talks to Spongebob saying, uh, by the power of naughtiness, I command this drop of hot sauce to be really, really hot. Again, that's, we see an actual human face on that hot sauce. That was pretty, that was pretty t- terrifying. Spongebob sur- says that he surrenders, but ends up just being a ruse, and he gets the jump on Sandy. And then she gets him back. Um, so this leads to a whole thing of Spongebob actually being paranoid that Sandy is going to come get him all day at work. So he ends up karate chopping a couple people, including Squidward in the face. And, and he ends up karate chopping one of our favorites, Fred the fish, who has the catchphrase, my leg right into the ground. So Mr. Crab notices this. He's like, me boy, like you can't be practicing karate anymore. It's causing problems at work. And if you continue to do karate, you're fired. So SpongeBob walks outside 
and Sandy sneaks attacks him again. Mr. Krabs sees that SpongeBob is engaging, not really. Sandy is just attacking him with karate and threatens and says that he's fired. SpongeBob has a meltdown. Sandy feels really bad, apologizes to Mr. Krabs, saying like, no, it's not his fault, it's my fault, and I promise we won't do karate anymore. So the two of them decide, like, what are we going to do since we can't do karate anymore? And they decide to go to the park and have a picnic. And while on this picnic, they slowly break. They start chopping off uh, meat and bread and lettuce and tomatoes using their karate skills, making a ton of sandwiches. And who sees them? Mr. Krabs. He has a brilliant idea instead of firing SpongeBob to use him and or his and Sandy's skills at karate to slice up Krabby Patties and make tons of money. And that's where we see the end of the episode with SpongeBob and Sandy working in the Krusty Krab making Krabby Patties for Mr. Krabs. Very short, very sweet. Good episode. Yeah, simple episode. Yeah, but again, those karate skills, man. Like, SpongeBob's been practicing from, from the last time we saw him do karate. Oh, yeah, he's like a pro. He's yeah. like doing all these different techniques, a double overhand scroll knot or yeah, whatever yeah, it was. something, yeah. Yeah, he's using all these like dragon fists uh, flying through the air. What Which, what is what is, what is it with like karate and stuff where it's like I gotta name this move something special? I'm sure that's like actual cultural thing of some sorts. I wonder. I don't I know. They do the like, same thing. They do the same thing with like WWE, right? Yeah. Well, I've never seen that. Like, I wonder if it's a real thing in like real karate. Do like do they name it just do because the they need fist. a name for it, or is it just like oh we gotta do this? Oh, that's a good question. For all your karate experts out there, please let us know. I should wake up too much. I used to do karate back in the day. Nah, never mind. Don't. I, I don't want to wake her. <laughs> I don't want to wake her. She might use the karate on me. We see some more, I think, more examples of godlike power through SpongeBob. He rolls Sandy up and he throws her, like I said, through the door. It's pretty strong for a sponge. I mean, we see yeah, him getting a lot of lift. like magic stuff. Yeah, he, he like did. Puts his phone through a phone, or he puts his hand through a phone. Mm-hmm. Loops it on himself and punches himself in the face. Yeah, he and then the fact that he can uh, chop like salami with his bare hands. I want everyone to go to the store, buy a salami, and try to chop it with your bare hands, and tell me if you get slices like that. You don't. You need godlike powers for those kind of slices. Mm-hmm. So again, or a, or a mandolin or meat slicer. <laughs> I think our argument is pretty solid at this point. So I'm waiting for the day that someone tries to argue against us, but I don't think it's going to happen. Too much evidence. One day, maybe we'll have a uh, uh, someone on the podcast on the podcast who just does not a skeptic believe. Yeah, yeah, I want that. I I don't mind a little bit of debate. If you're a skeptic and want to debate, let us know. Make it a bonus episode. Yeah. <laughs> One thing that I I did see that was a kind of like a throwback. So we all saw Sandy kick an anchor, you know, five hundred yards, and when SpongeBob spins her around using his fake tongue. That he just happens to have, which I guess being prepared, it's a good lesson for you. Be prepared with the Always fake be tongue. Prepared. He spins her around and she spins. And even though she's spinning, she launches SpongeBob in the, almost the exact same type of spin motion that she used to launch the, the anchor. anchor. Yeah. And that's a fun fact straight for the dome. That's not even from the SpongeBob wiki. Look at you being observant. Look at you. Yeah. Killing it. An- Another super observant thing that I really liked was when he goes into the bathroom looking for Sandy at the Krusty Krabs, it says, please wash your fins. And <laughs> it's in Spanish. Ooh. Yeah. Bilingual fish under the sea. Nice. I like that. We saw when uh, they're 
practicing karate in his house and he thinks Sandy's hiding in his house. He look he watches a show on TV and there's a live action fish. It's like act- actual fish in like some water that is on the TV. I thought it was kind of crazy. Yeah, Instead it's like a weekly being, show. Yeah. Instead of just being like an animated fish like the rest of them, it's a real life fish. I wonder why the TV, like if you notice like with a lot of SpongeBob, a lot of the TV that SpongeBob watches, it's all kind of realistic fish. Yeah. Like not anthrop, what is that word? Anthropomorphized or anthropomorphized? I don't even know what word you're trying to say. <laughs> Hold on. Anthropomorph, anthro, I'm going to figure it out. Anthro. <laughs> Using your college words. Anthropomorphism. I can't say it right now. Anthropomorphize. Anthrop. Have you noticed how when SpongeBob watches <laughs> TV, it's not like a cartoon version? It's always a live action situation. Yeah, the only um, exception is like Mermaid Man and uh, Anchor Arms. Yeah. Yeah, but like every now and then, some super realistic fish thing comes out. Yeah, which I think it's is like really a reverse dimension. Like we're watching an animated cartoon about fish, and he's watching real fish. Blow your uh, mind. It's gonna it's gonna hurt my brain. Stop, <laughs> stop, Josh. We already had to process time travel. It's <laughs> it's having a hard time. Uh, I like that you brought up the fact that the hot sauce face is very scary. Yeah, because guess what? That's Tom Kenny, motherfucker. Tom Kenny. Yeah, they had to fun fact paint his face red, <laughs> and they shot that in the bathroom apparently because he had a an audition right after, so he had to wash the paint like almost immediately after they painted his face. That's dedication. Also, this is another theory that I want. Since Sandy is from Texas mm-hmm. and she has hot sauce in her bag, who do you think she knows? Josh might not know this because he's not culturally relevant. I'm not. Beyonce. Beyonce. There you go. I did yeah. know. He did know. I've it took seen him lemonade. A Get off my back. He's seen lemonade. <laughs> yeah. So I'm thinking that Sandy and Beyonce somehow know each other. I think they might be friends. Because she also has hot sauce in Two her bag. Two strong feminist icons right there. There you go. Exactly. That's Do you think good. Beyonce does karate with Sandy? I would hope so. She was straight up drinking that hot sauce, which is kind of scary. She was. That was really, really hot sauce, apparently. It was so evil that it was speaking to SpongeBob. So the power of naughtiness. <laughs> the power of naughtiness. Uh, we need to see that challenge. You know how there's like the cinnamon challenge and then like it's the one chip challenge. The naughty hot sauce challenge. The naughty hot sauce challenge. Um, where where your friend dresses up as a hot sauce and hits you on the tongue. Ready for this uh, smooth uh, transition here? Yeah, I'm super ready. Uh, speaking of feminist pop stars, Ooh. Squidward's hamburger hair piece that he has reminds <laughs> me of Lana Del Rey's <laughs> a lot. <laughs> please continue. I, I Please finish that thought. That's it. That's, that was it. <laughs> It reminds you of what I did. Lana I missed Del Rey. <laughs> what specifically about Lana Del Rey? She has a lot of headpieces. She does a lot with headpieces, like flower crowns and stuff. Does she wear Krabby Patties? No, but maybe that's next. Maybe. That, that could be it's the a collab. <laughs> predictor. <laughs> you know. Um, I mean, if Lady Gaga who, can wear a meat dress, why can't Lana Del Rey yeah. wear a hamburger headpiece? Yeah. The. And what I thought was really nice is Mr. Krabs and SpongeBob have complimented him yeah. on that. On the hairpiece. Little lesson there. If you see, like, if someone's wearing something nice, like it's a nice shirt or something, it's okay to compliment, especially if it's a friend. I think mostly if it's a friend. It could be weird if you compliment a stranger. But if it's a friend or someone that you're close to, like, it's okay to compliment. I think it's make them feel better throughout their day. I definitely agree. 
another thing that we kind of glossed over is the fact that SpongeBob, when he started playing, or when playing, when he started participating, because I don't want to say playing, I don't want to be disrespectful to karate, but he had safety first. He always, SpongeBob, always with the safety. I like it. He had the helmet. When he goes jellyfishing, he wears the glasses. You know, maybe not the best, you know, safe stuff, but he's thinking about it. Yeah. Which I feel like a lot of people should. Yeah. Good. That's good. Hard hats. Safety first. Safety first. I did really like SpongeBob's meltdown in this episode. I think it's the most intense meltdown we've seen out of him. So it just proves like how important his job is to him. His face literally retracts into himself. Yeah, like squirrels into his fucking face. Yeah. <laughs> nothingness. Loses, yeah, he just loses his face. <laughs> He's like, that's basically the embodiment of internal screaming right there. Exactly. <laughs> Why does SpongeBob's grooving process always involve ingesting his own sadness and tears? Yeah, I don't know. Because with the pizza episode, he was like crying and then sucking them up. And then this one, he was literally crying into a cup. Yeah, and before we've seen him like crying into his own mouth. I don't know why he has to do that. That's a common thing. I didn't catch that before, but yeah. It's a common, <laughs> common. Maybe he doesn't want the other fish to have his tears. Yeah, maybe that's the source of his power. I think we discussed that before. That maybe tears, the sadness, is what makes you a god. So we should try drinking our tears. I, I just let my tears fall on my pillow every night. So I should try just <laughs> drinking them. <laughs> should put them in a cup. That's a nice glass cup right next to the bed. You want to stay hydrated. That's why. So yeah, you cry into the tears. cup, and when you wake up first thing in the morning, you drink the cup, and it'll jump start your metabolism. There you go. Perfect. Boom. I'll try that. Fitness tips. Fitness, <laughs> Fitness tips, tips with, by Omar Lopez. <laughs> exactly. It's in in addition to the fun fact corner we have going on here. <laughs> um, one super big thing that I want to bring up that it really, really just solidified my first ever. I don't know if you remember, Josh. The first thing I said about one of the first things I said about Mr. Krabs. In the first episode, what did I call him? He was a racist. What does he do in this episode? He sniffs SpongeBob after he says, again, I'm just, I'm having a hard time just putting this in because it's just <sighs> racism. Like, I've had people who are like, oh, I think you're going a little bit out of line saying Mr. Krabs is racist. No. He's like, karate's poisoning your mind. He sniffs SpongeBob, looks at Sandy, and then I had to put the captions on because I was trying to be 100% sure he says this, but he says, Mammals. Mm, mammals. Yeah. Yep. That's fucking racist. Our speciest, I guess, in this case. Well, I think species is the closest that they can get, I guess. <laughs> to but being the racist. thing is... But yes, there it is. More proof. Boom. That's example number two. We just need one more, and it's a pattern. And yeah. I guarantee you it's coming eventually. So all those haters that were telling you you're going too far into it. Mm-mm. Look, here it is again. Yeah, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> you proud of me now? You proud of me okay, now? Okay, that's just got sad. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I but yeah, change... like I thought it was really crazy. I just thought it was crazy. It was crazy. All right, I'm going to change gears a little bit here. And I want to look at this like I had this overwhelming sense that karate for this entire episode was just a euphemism for another kind of addiction. What kind of addiction is Felt that? Like a big sex addiction kind of thing to me. You know what? There's apparently there is an online that was another little fun fact. Oh, sh- widespread rumor is that this episode, more specifically SpongeBob and Sandy's interactions throughout it, are an allegory for an overly consummate relationship. 
So a relationship that has too much sexual interaction. I did read into it right then. (laughs) Yeah, so you're not the only one, Josh. You're not the only pervert who watches What really got me was at the park scene when they're just like dropping Freudian, what would have been Freudian slips. They're just like, do you want to do karate? I mean, and they're like, what What did you say? It's like, do you want to have sex? (laughs) Not subtle. I mean, I'm not arguing it. I'm not arguing it. I think that it's a very solid theory. I think there could be a little bit of a, again, adults are writing this show, so some of their adult uh, problems might slowly make it in, in you know, a child-friendly way, which is kind of creepy. Yeah, but that kind of leads to the lesson I got for this episode is, like, too much of a good thing can be bad, and, like, it kind of touches on addiction. This episode a little bit touches on addiction, which I think is important. Um, I just noticed, like, as we grow up, that I notice it more and more with people around me that addiction's a real thing, that people get into destructive, um, constant behavior. And it's kind of scary. It's kind of scary to see that in people. I mean, you see it on TV all the time. But when you actually encounter it in real life, it's like it's really hard to process. Yeah, it is. Because, like, I guess when you're younger, you can't really develop super addictive stuff. If well, not, usually, yeah, that's usually not something, not something people, like addic- the super destructive. Like I know like yeah. people say they like, can get addicted to video games and like, I guess they're arguing addictive to like eating sugar and stuff. But as you get older, but your like, parents can always step in. Yeah. I feel like, yeah. And, and stop that addiction, which is different when you're an adult because you have less oversight. Yeah. I mean, some I mean, parents don't step own. in. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's and it you have is more this access. is a perfect you have more example access to dangerous stuff like alcohol and drugs and you know, in this case I guess sex. But yeah. I don't know, yeah. it's kind of scary. But I guess the 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 thing is like make sure that you surround yourself with people that can see it's destructive and like listen to them. Like in this case like Mr. Krabs saw that it was destructive behavior that the karate was affecting SpongeBob's life negatively and like even though like Mr. Krabs isn't the best person, he did put their talents to good use in this case. And I mean, it was selfish. He made more money this way, but in a way they were helping others. They're making food for people. Yeah, so, but Mr. I mean, Krabs is a capitalist pig. Yeah. And he's racist too, so. Yeah. yeah, but he helped out. I mean, he put their addiction to some sort of use instead of just being destructive. So, and that's what you see throughout the episode. Like when they are doing karate, they're destroying stuff. When they're in the store, they're destroying like the the can display in his house they're like he destroyed his door and when they're in the park the, they split a tree in half and stuff they're breaking like pieces of um wood and stuff it's like it was a little destructive so i think it's important to look at what kind of like if someone has an addiction how that destructive behavior affects others and how you can help them i agree and yeah. then you mentioned the park and there's one thing that i want to point out there's a fish fishing with a fishing pole at the park. What kind of bullshit is that? <laughs> is he is he killing other fish? Is that a serial killer? In... And it's just like how people hunt people in certain scary movies. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's looking for the ultimate game. Yeah. Other fish. The ultimate rush. <laughs> the ultimate rush. Yikes. <laughs> okay, Josh, how do you feel about people getting fired for their personal life? So I found it very interesting because once SpongeBob leaves the crusty crab i don't know how do you feel about that i again like i think mr crabs was sort of in the right for threatening to fire spongebob because of the personal life stuff again like if you have a destructive behavior especially with addiction like and it plays into your work like as a boss you have to step up and he case, said he was hurting customers but he said no karate 
or else you're fired. And Swindra was outside of work, outside of work hours. And I then... guess if he was just doing karate outside of work, I'd see that. But he literally like smacked a customer through the ground because of karate and like assaulted Mr. Krabs in a stall in a bathroom. Oh yeah, that's another lesson. Do not just fucking burst into people's bathroom Stalt. stalls. That's privacy time. Leave them alone. Yeah, <laughs> it's like one of my fears is that someone will like open up the stall while I'm trying to take a duty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's also an underrated SpongeBob quote that I want to bring attention to because I reference it a lot and no one gets it because I'm just a weirdo. But the whole part where SpongeBob's like, oh, we can pretend to be like, what does he say? Like algae or plants? Mm-hmm. or something like that and he lays on his back and he's like photosynthesis photosynthesis <laughs> i can't even tell you how many times i'll hear the word photosynthesis and that's the exact would you go to that's the first thing i hear in, in my <laughs> head was photosynthesis photosynthesis good so hopefully other people listening to this podcast will will learn that, we'll learn that whenever they hear that word that's what they should think i also like one last little thing that i noticed is uh when spongebob was acting weird in the crusty crab and like doing all the crazy stuff with the karate. Mr. Krabs asked him, like, are you on a new allergy medication? Yeah, do fish get funny. allergies? I don't know. It's kind of funny just referencing how allergy medication can make you... A little weird. A little weird. I have not had that uh, experience. A lot of people it's, they get really sleepy with that allergy medication. Yeah. Usually the allergies make me sleepy. The medication usually I'm fine with. But... No, I took allergy medicine for like this weird skin thing I had back in college, mm-hmm. and it would make me loopy. Definitely felt like lightheaded and tired. It's crazy. Yeah. I need better allergy medicine. Yeah. I want something that makes me feel loopy. <laughs> I got something for you. Um, some lessons that I saw, uh, self-defense can be fun. And I think we can see that especially nowadays with USC and MMA. And even I know someone who does Krav Maga, stuff like that. And they say they have a lot of fun doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's good. Sometimes yeah. you can find ways to defend yourself. And still have fun because I'm sure SpongeBob put some of those karate skills to use to defend himself. He, it's he a good way. Dangerous. It's a good way to stay fit too. Yeah, I've been thinking about doing it, but I'm too lazy. It's also expensive. Yeah. Yeah. I'm mostly lazy and broke. <laughs> I also thought it was really weird how SpongeBob was so quick to talk crap about karate after he was done. And it reminded me a lot of the, about people who like used to listen to scene and emo music. Back in the day, and then now they talk about it, and they're like, "Oh yeah, that's, that music sucks so bad." My chemical and it's romance. Like, oh, oh great. yeah. Come you know, on, it's like get over yourself. Shut up. You loved it. <laughs> Just admit it. This yeah. is not something like problematic where you're like, "Oh well, I don't like it anymore because of blah." It's like you got to admit that at the time you thought it was the best fucking music you've ever heard. I still like emo music, so. And I think in this case, like, and I see this with a lot of people too, and I think SpongeBob did it in this case too, is that when they uh, bring up something that they want to make fun of, especially with a friend, like he was making fun of with Sandy, they really just want to bring up the subject so they can talk about it. It's like a way to open a door to discuss the subject without them looking like they're interested in it. It's like, Mm. it's kind of silly. Like, why don't you just say that you're interested in it and just talk about it? Such a middle school, high school thing, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's so dumb. You actually really love it, and you're just trying to get your friends to discuss it with you. <laughs> They're like, "Oh, actually, I like it." You're like, "Oh, I love it too. I love it too." I, I just it. wanted to say that. That's why I'm always the opposite. I'm just like, "Yeah, I like SpongeBob. You got a problem?" Yeah, and they're like, "Oh," and that's why you don't have any friends. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you did go to a bar the other day with a Pikachu shirt on. 
Was it talking point? Did people talk to you? One person did bring it up. Good. But I was prepared for one person to bring it up in a negative way. I was going to call them out. Why were you going to call them out? I, well, I just, I don't know. I just feel like, uh, I feel like making fun of They're someone for their Pikachu teacher. that way. <laughs> I started crying. I love him. Um, there's one fun fact. I think we've exhausted every small lesson, every fun fact, but there's one fun fact that I really want to bring up because I just think it's really weird that someone noticed this. And I just want other people to cringe when I read this out loud. This is the only episode to date. So they're saying up to date, which I don't know how up to date this entry is, but still to show Sandy in a nightgown without her breasts showing. Wait, who really? Keep, Are you yes, serious? Who? This is straight off the SpongeBob wiki. Oh. Granted, it is a wiki that anyone can post, but who the hell tracks that? It's like, oh, yep. Sandy's squirrel titties weren't showing. What is that? It's like rule 36 or rule 32, whatever it is, like that thing that people like. It's rule 34, good rule sir. Rule 34. All right, I was in between my even numbers. <laughs> um, but like people make up that like section for animated stuff all the time on the internet. So, so people track that stuff. The rule I believe reads, if there is, if it exists, there's porn of it. This is crazy. People, so people pay attention that's because they are up. I don't want to kink shame, but I feel like that's... I think that's okay. It's okay. Something you should discuss with a professional. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> All right, so for this week's big lesson, Josh, what do you have? You ready for this? Super ready. I actually had a really hard time this week. Again, like the, the first episode was very themed, and I had a very hard time connecting it with karate or addiction or anything with the second episode but what i did get was um remind yourself what's important and stay grounded and i think that's something that's important in both episodes and think that squidward was trying to find an escape in the first episode and he realized again like the grass is not always greener that he needed he found something he needed to realize that what he has is good and he needs to stay grounded and that what he has is important that his present is fine it could be always worse and the same thing in episode two. I think that SpongeBob and Sandy both need to take a look about how much karate like was affecting their lives and how important like for SpongeBob, how important his job is and that realizing that this addiction he has to karate was really impacting what he really, really cared a lot about. I mean, he had a meltdown just at the mention of being fired, right? So I think mm-hmm. it's important again to like realize what's important to you and Remind yourself every day, like, these are these are what keep me grounded. These are what I need to strive for. These are the things I need to keep in my life because they're positive things. Like I can see that. I can see that that it is like a that that is a running theme that you can kind of like pick out. But mine was slightly different. All right, I'm ready. Mine was a little bit, and now it's. I feel really weird about it because of what you brought up with the whole sexual sexual <laughs> nature of the second half of this. But um, controlling and regulating your urges, your primal Ooh. instincts. Okay. Because, you know, Squidward has that urge to just like, I'm going to isolate myself. Mm-hmm. And he just plays on it. And it that's ends up what screws him over. It's just that too much, again, like you were saying earlier, too much of a good thing. And he just goes straight into that that headspace where he's like, I'm going to completely cut it myself off from everyone. And he gets that exact wish and turns out 
No. It's not what he wanted. That's not what he wanted. Yeah. Same thing with uh, SpongeBob Sandy. They need to control those urges of just being like violent or, you know, you know, separate that stuff. The fact that they, they can't get through a whole picnic without being, you know, all crazy with a karate, that's a sign of addiction. Yeah. That's a problem. Yeah. And so, again, it's just the, those animalistic urges. Granted, that it is a sea sponge and a land squirrel, but still. Good. Yeah, I kind of like right. it when our lessons are different. Yeah, it's like a little bit... Of con- the last two have been contrasting. I like yeah, it. but they work together in some way, so it works. Yeah, they're still... The thing is, everyone, regardless of how much Josh and I will disagree with each other, it just ends up working out in the end. True friendship. True friends. <laughs> till till March 6, 4017 AD. We'll just be Josh Tron and, and, and Omar Tron. Omstron? I like Omstron a little yeah. better. <laughs> Rose Gold <Yeah>. Edition. <laughs> Rose Gold Edition. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this Rose Gold themed <laughs> episode. Thank you. Um, if you want to send us any wonderful suggestions, you can do so through our website, ismayonnaiseapodcast.com, or email us at ismayonnaiseapodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram at those exact names. Or if you're feeling saucy, you can follow us on Twitter at ismayoapodcast. Be sure to share this with all your friends and all those wonderful people. If your friends have Androids and they want to listen to our wonderful podcast, tell them to go on Stitcher. If you're an Apple user and you're like, oh my God, I hate Apple Podcasts, Try Stitcher out too. Either way, just share this with your friends. We really like knowing that other people listen to it. And also just text us if you know us personally. Do you want to hear something different? Do you have any comments or suggestions? I enjoy it. Yeah, we like hearing direct feedback for our friends and stuff. It's always nice. It's been a while since I've gotten a text that says like, Hey, Omar, why the hell did you do this on the podcast? It was really (laughs) weird. Or, you know, lonely. some other positive feedback. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some positive feedback. And also, if you guys took a listen to a uh, previous podcast, we had a guest. And so it's something we want to keep up. So if you know that there is an upcoming episode that you have um, expertise on, expertise or insight or just that you're interested in, we'd love to hear it and we'd love to include you on the podcast. So text us or email us and let us know and we'd love to bring you on. And I think it's, it was a lot of fun actually to have a guest. So we'd love to do it again. Yeah, having a guest was really fun. Yeah. It was confusing because there was multiple Joshes. But... So maybe if you're a Josh, like, we'll figure something out. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll bring all the Joshes. We'll just have a Josh episode. That sounds awful. Are you Joshing me? Are you Joshing hey. around? <laughs> oh, Jesus. I dropped my mic. <laughs> all right. So before we head out, by, by the, the power, power of no, this is... I command this podcast to be very, very hot.